days that I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations, those are really good days. And I think that as a young entrepreneur, if you can realize that the more gratitude you have and the harder you work to serve your community and your clients, the results will come and you just have to focus on the activities and not the outcome. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts. I'm here with... Hey, everybody. Matt Tyke. And today, we're back in the studio with another awesome guest. We have Mr. Nick Boyd here. What's up, everybody? And where do I look today? Yeah, right right at y'all. Right yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, no, thank absolutely. You I appreciate you guys having me. I've been following you for a while. Thank and you. it's been great to see y'all's growth. Oh, awesome. thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, We're honored to have you with us today. Um, and you have um, a, an awesome background. And so I want to learn more about you. Right um, on. And to kind of lead into today, kind of like what you're doing um, in real estate. So tell us where you're from originally. Absolutely. So originally I'm from North Dakota, Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay. One of the rare people that came down here from there. Yeah, I've never met anybody from North Dakota. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So originally from there, my dad was in the financial services business for years. He was with Edward Jones. Okay. So he was from there. My mom was from there. And he started his career at Edward Jones. And then we moved from North Dakota, Bismarck, Uh to Toronto. They moved him there. And then I went to middle school in England in London. Really? And then after I graduated high school in London, I went to college in Paris. Okay. And then That's crazy. So your dad's job moved y'all overseas. Absolutely. So he started as a stockbroker. And I can get into this later because it's kind of like the inspiration for me to be an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, but he started as a stockbroker. They moved him up to sales management in Toronto, then continued to London. And that's, you know, so I had this kind of strange journey mm-hmm. all across mm-hmm. up into the UK. That's super cool. Yeah. And then I fell in love with Paris and I was like, how can I live there for a while? Yeah. And I found the American University of Paris and that's where I got a liberal arts degree in literature and philosophy. Wow. And that, and of I'm course, s- led me into real estate. Oh, okay. Well, of course. Yeah. Natural progression <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> into real estate. No, um, yeah. So I'm assuming you learned how to speak different languages. I learned how to speak French um, and... Yeah, it was a really cool experience over there. I mean, yes. I made amazing friends, and it was just kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sure. You know, because when yeah. you're overseas, I don't know if you guys have traveled that part of the world, it's kind of like you're in a space outside I of time. I, like, haven't, I haven't been in Paris. Or, yeah, yeah, I haven't either. It's really unbelievable, because, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, the architecture and everything is just so timeless yeah. and beautiful, and... But, you know, at some point, I had to start a career, start working and living in sure. a different way, so I graduated... Moved to Austin, didn't know anybody, and that's really where my whole career in real estate started. Wow. How long ago did you move to Austin? 2010. 2010. Okay. Okay. And no siblings? Just you? Yeah, I was going to ask. I have an older brother. He's okay. five years older than me. He lives in uh, California. He's a massage therapist. Okay. Oh, cool. And, awesome. My uh, mom's a massage therapist. It's a great profession. I don't know how they do it with their hands. Yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. like so tired. A lot of wrist problems. Yeah. Yes, I know. I had a, a, when I was in high school, I played football, and I had a physical therapist that uh, worked on me every week um, after games, and his, this is Ken Bench. Ken Bench, oh, yeah. Shout out to his forearms are freaking huge. Yes. He's like shredded, which is incredible. Uh, but anyways, massage therapy is a great field to go into. Absolutely. Um, so when you moved overseas, how old were you? 10? So um, let's see. I was like 
11, 12 when I moved to Toronto, and then I was about 15 when I moved to London. Okay. And then right after I finished high school, I moved to Paris. Was that uh, a discussion that your parents had with you about moving, or was it like, hey, dad has this opportunity, we're going? You know, it, it was a shock. Sure. But it was one of those moments in life that was like really defining, because it was... Like, I started down a path. I was going to become a chef at that point. I was, like, 15, Ooh. and I was going to start working in this restaurant. They had this whole program, and then they dropped that on me. And they're like, no, we're moving to the U.K. Yeah. But it was the greatest gift I could have ever been handed because, uh-huh. like, it's not like it was the biggest traumatic thing ever, but it was just a shock, and you had to basically go to a new place again, learn new things, make new friends, reposition yourself. Right, yeah. And so... It was a total shock, for yeah. sure, but it yeah. was a great opportunity. Right. Gotcha. Friends yeah. from uh, North Dakota or uh, Toronto? Absolutely. That's one good thing throughout the years and with social media and everything. Sure. Is being able to stay in touch with all those people. Yeah. Right. Like, I have this fantasy that staying in one place from, like, 0 to 18 is amazing because I never had that opportunity, but it is pretty yeah. cool to have different yeah. people from kind yeah. of all over. Right. Yes. Yeah, I got you. That's cool. Yeah, we both, we've just been in Round Rock. Yeah, yeah. with the San Marcos, out with the Corpus. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. barely moved like, away. Yeah. I hear these stories of people, like, <laughs> moving all over the world. I'm like, that's that's another life in another world. That's right. fascinating. Yeah. Like, and it so comes with its own pros and cons. Like, my sure. wife is from Georgetown. She grew up there. Really? She went to A&M. She, like, oh. knows the whole, like, whole community. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I totally see both sides. It's mm-hmm. just, you got to make make it what you can, you know? Sure, yeah. Yes. So when you were going to college, you said you got a liberal arts degree. Yes. What was the plan with that? What did you want to do? I honestly didn't have a huge plan. Okay. I was literally, like, just living for the moment uh-huh. and just, like, would wanted to enjoy Paris. I wanted to learn as much as I could. I, I do love to read and literature mm-hmm. and philosophy and kind of ideas and thinking through things. And so I really didn't know where that was going to take me, but I've always just been a very passionate, open person. Sure. And it, that was just kind of where my life was calling me. And it did work out because when I did come to Texas, I was coming through El Paso into Austin, mm-hmm. and I had this one dinner with this guy, and we just connected. Turns out he was a developer out of El Paso, and he just we clicked, and he's like, meet me tomorrow morning, 4 a.m., here's a set of plans, be my GC on this project. And wow. this was when you were moving to Texas? When I was moving to Texas. Okay. It was totally by chance, met this guy. Yeah. And I got my first real estate job through him, William Cannon and Manchac, on the old HEB Center yeah. right there. And basically... Le- leasing that property? Uh, or No, I was literally just doing uh, general contracting. Oh, wow. Was, like, getting all the bids together. Oh, wow. Okay, I got it. And within two months, the project ran out of money. It was a bunch of doctors. They, you know, couldn't pull it together. Okay. So I called him. I was like, what do I do? Yeah. He's like, get your real estate license, and I'll mentor you. And I was like, "Perso, I went, got my real estate license from um, Austin Institute of Real Estate, mm-hmm. and like from there, I just jumped right in. I joined KW Commercial. My dad was like an incredible sales trainer, among as well as this mentor out of El Paso. Uh-huh. I literally got a blue jacket, a red tie, gray slacks, white shirt, uh-huh. and just started door knocking. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> just like literally going around. So your dad was living in Texas. He was what? in North Dakota at the time. Okay. okay. And yeah. The guy was living in El Paso. Yes. The, the mentor, the broker. Yes, David wow. Bingham, and he is still, you know, one of the big. Re- I call him every year and thank him for the opportunities. That's that I, cool. Just to have my eyes opened. Right. Because I literally showed up in Texas with hair down to here, leather jacket, like super hippie. Wow. Like not even understanding, and my eyes are just opened into this amazing world of yeah. entrepreneurism 
and you know just, and you met him at a restaurant like, I met him at a restaurant through you know this old friend of mine okay and it just just snowballed but I think the thing is and this is what I would hope for anybody is to say if you're open in your life and true to yourself sure. opportunities come yeah and you just make the best of them you gotta you know? take them yeah and you know as long as you're doing the best you can and being honest and true usually things work out mm-hmm. or you know you work through it 100% right 100%. yeah everything happens for a reason I think so, at some level, yeah. Yeah. If you're being honest with yourself and, you know, trying to be the best person you can be. Sure, yeah. And I think deep down I knew that, and then that just led me into real estate. All of a sudden, I was like, man, this is the greatest career. I can help business owners. I can, the harder I work, the more money I make, the more I can do in the community. It, it just, it all snowballed. Yeah. And it's just been an amazing ride, because I was at KW Commercial for three or four years. In that time, I met my wife. We got married. I joined a company called CSA Realty, which is an amazing firm. Andrew Crischel and his family own it. Stayed there for the last almost like six, seven years. Uh-huh. And then at the beginning of 2020, I started our own company, my wife and I. All right. Real Estate Co. That's awesome. Yeah, that is exciting, man. Congrats. Yeah, Absolutely. That's no, so I'm curious because I've kind of seen you time off. And, you know, I saw you early when I was working at Don Quick and then I left and came back. But what I always saw of you was you were very organized and detailed and you had your stuff together right and when you're saying you came down here as a hippie with long hair like yeah. i'm thinking like all right is there more to who you were than you're telling us right because you were probably very serious and you said in the cooking stuff yes so like i don't know i guess where is that who you are right is is that something that you've always been pursuing like excellence. i want to be yeah excellence i want to be great at what i'm doing i think so i think i've always been really i Maybe it's just that when I find a passion, I'm all in. Sure. You know, it's and then, and then I just go for it and I want to provide the best that I can like give to a certain thing mm-hmm. and be the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe that's been at my core because mm-hmm. I, I just because I do want to be the best person I can uh, well, be. Yeah, and like, right. You know, it's like every day you just try to be a better version of yourself than the day before mm-hmm. instead of tr- like comparing yourself to somebody else. Right. And then that's the best way to just make progress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Takes right, the expectations man. off and just with a long term approach, just one day at a time, getting yeah. better. Right. You can you can accomplish anything. I mean, you've been in the real estate business where you, everything you do is just building on top of it, and it has to do with all these things: reputation and staying in touch with the broker from El Paso, like. Those are the things that go a long way, right? The relationships. We, that, that's all we preach. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the same way you all have probably built your business over the years because then it all builds on each other. Right. I mean, now I'm thankful to say like that same guy out of El Paso, I'm helping with site selection for Harmony Charter Schools. Like we're finding sites for this, you know, wonderful charter school within Central Texas. Yeah. Which is a good transaction and it's really cool to be involved in that arena. So uh-huh. it just all snowballs and it's mm-hmm. just about creating just being the best you can be and providing excellent service right mm-hmm. yeah for sure so when you first got your license and you said you were door knocking mm-hmm. were you door knocking on residential houses or i went straight for business owners okay basically so you knew i realized you wanted to work. right away i wanted to work with business owners okay why like why i think well it's it was just kind of it it started that way because of my first clients were that and i just realized right off the bat that that's the area I wanted to be in sure. because I realized pretty quickly from just taking people's advice. I mean, none of this is like my own idea. A lot of this is just, hey, I'm going to listen to your advice. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And there are, like this guy, David Bingham out of El Paso, he's like, you help business owners. You do leasing and sales, like whatever role. You're going to learn the market. Once you learn the market, then you can start buying real estate because you know the leases, lease rates, cap rates. 
and it, that just continues to evolve too. Mm -hmm. But from the beginning, I think I've just had a real passion for helping business owners with their real estate needs. Yeah. You know, and like on a lease transaction, I sometimes take it for granted, like y'all do in terms of your knowledge base for what you all do. Mm -hmm. But like, I forget like an average business owner who's going to lease a couple thousand square feet, even five, 10,000 square feet. They might not know like, Hey, there, there's some outs you can do. There's some creative ways to like get away from having to put a double deposit down or to not have to personally guarantee a lease. Mm -hmm. There's all these things that you can do mm -hmm. that are as creative as you want to cut them. Mm -hmm. And so I think early on, I was like, man, this is so creative. You can help people. And the more work you do, the more money you make and right. the more you can do with that. Right. Yeah. So I, I think from the beginning, I just saw that and I just, I loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a video game company or an accountant or whatever, you, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you get to help them at the ground level, envision the space and knock it out. Right. That's awesome. So what's interesting to me, when I first started, like I remember you're just getting all the, any client you can get, right? And some people have these crazy ideas and like, you have to really, it seems like you got to go through that yes. or you just get a really good client and right. Yes. And you, so you've done all that. Like, yes, I have this idea. I want to do, you know, blowing glass in South Austin or whatever. Uh, I had all these clients yeah. and I couldn't find anything for them. Right. Um, how, how do you kind of look through like, building your name, building your brand when you had no clients. Yes. Right? And do you still work with people like that and do a different approach? Does that's that make a, sense? That's a great question. And I think at the core of what you're asking is about qualifying and then valuing your time. Mm -hmm. And then like how you can help them and kind of right. where that is. And I definitely struggled with that early in my career because I was hungry. I mean, literally my wife, my girlfriend at the time uh -huh. became my wife. I mean, she was literally supporting me and like supporting us while I was like getting rolling. Yeah. And so it was like any deal I could get. But what I found is that the better you could qualify them and the more honest you were with them on the front end, like for example, somebody called yesterday and they were like, I want to open a game room. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those illegal game room slot things. Oh boy. About. Exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. About. Yeah. yeah. And you probably had those calls. Tons of them. And so now I just say, really appreciate you calling. Uh, I wish I could help you. If you want to call me when you get into a lease, happy to give you some pointers. But the best way for you to find what you need is on Craigslist. So you just find ways to like, right? you know, it's, because it's easy to just either not call them back or whatever, or like start spending a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But what I learned from another mentor named Jack Wolf, who's from Austin, is qualifying them through this thing called numeral, which is needs, urgency, motivation, expectation, um, resources, authority, and loyalty. And if you f check all those boxes, then you'll know kind of what their deal wow, is. Absolutely. Totally. That easy. Right? Yeah. You just, if you ask all those questions, you're going to like, you'll know yes or no. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's yeah. like, do you, are you going to be loyal to me? Will you sign this buyer's rep, tenant rep agreement? Right. Like, do you have the authority to sign this lease? What I've found, and probably like y'all, is like the more simple you can make our business and our life, uh -huh. everything gets so much easier because yeah. it's so easy to overcomplicate it. I found that personally on investing. Like yes. in, in the way I look at deals is like I keep it as simple as possible. Yes. Yeah, I see that totally. Yeah, like and what? how do you guys look at deals? Uh, well, I, I base a lot of things on 1% rule. This is, have you heard of this? It's Not really. Single family. Like you buy okay. a house for $100,000. Okay. You can lease it for 1,000, 1%. It's probably going to cash flow. After taxes, mortgage, insurance, everything. Interesting. That yeah. easy. So you can even take that up to multifamily. Like you can think about a hundred thousand dollar a door. Mm -hmm. You want to get ten thousand on that on that income. Yes. Right? Yes. So at that, at ten units at a thousand each. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And then you think apartment complexes are forty-two to fifty percent occupancy, right? Or, or not occupancy. Uh, 
Expenses. Yes. Expense ratio. Mm-hmm. So you, you run the 1% rule, you get the expense ratio, you find your debt. Yes. And then you got to always try to blow, buy below value, right? Mm-hmm. You want to buy into value. So yes. you have to feel in your heart like this is somebody pay more than this mm-hmm. and hopefully a lot more. Right? Yes. And like literally that simple. And I've gone to master's degree in real estate and done IRR and NPV and all this stuff yes. for years, two years. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that a hundred times on a thousand deals. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather just keep it super simple and buy when I see value. Mm-hmm. If those things are checked, put it in the box. If it works in the box, then you could throw it in the IRR calculator, look at the cap rate, whatever. And if it fits there, then sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes. I never heard of the that kind of a breakdown. Yeah. That makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's really simple too. No, it's simple. It's super simple. But then, but then you weed through all that time. Like I try to do the same. I, I, and like when I look at it, and this is from Jack Wolf who taught me, it's like you need to buy it on its current not a net operating income, mm-hmm. and like whether it's some you know commercial industrial building, multi tenant office building, its current not operating income, mm-hmm. buy it below replacement cost, mm-hmm. and just make your money when you buy it. Right. Period. 100%. And 100%. so it's the same kind of thing. It's just like yeah. if you could follow those, because so many of the deals, like I'm sure you all see in the market right now, mm-hmm. like this is why a lot of my business right now is helping business owners buy, sell, and lease properties. Because mm. in the investment world, it's so hard to find opportunities that are actually real. It is. It is. Because like you, like I see properties all day. It's like, hey, there's, you know, a, a let's say a 10,000 square foot office building. Here's a pro forma for what it could be. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, they haven't factored in leasing commissions, build out costs, vacancy. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, man, this is overpriced by a million dollars. And they want to sell it for more, you know. Austin, yeah. Texas. That's it, 100%. <laughs> right? And that's why you guys had Ben Kogut on here. Yeah. And that's why I think like he's been so successful because he's looking at other markets, tertiary markets, and just crushing it. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's got a model. And he's building relationships in Austin, everywhere. Yes. But in Austin, where like you can't find anything. So, so he takes next? it out. So that's I love what, that. I just, we just did an eightplex in New Braunfels. Cool. It was my first time to get out of Austin. I've yes. always been so hesitant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is like my little step. Because I, my goal last year was I want to get all into San Antonio. Love it. I'm fascinated with it. Right? Yeah. Now I'm just like, I don't know. I lo- like, I'm also a huge, like probably the biggest believer in the Austin market. Yes. And I'm just like, learn this market, stick here, don't miss opportunities instead of ending up in Virginia or North Carolina or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyways, the New, the New Braunfels deal was 515000 mm-hmm. It brought in 5800 a month in rent. Mm-hmm. And... It was listed at 525, and instead of driving down there, I said, I'll take the deal, and I wired them 10 grand because I knew the numbers. I knew that in Austin, to buy a duplex for 300000 it was hard to find, Yes. right? And I took that huge risk, and we got there, and the property looked great. Everything is going to be great. But the, the point is, it was, think about the 1%. Yeah. 515, 5800 Right. And if you weren't, I mean, uh, when other people were probably running their numbers, they were looking at that deal and they wasted, not wasted time, but, you know, yeah. spent time whenever you so were they had a deal t- done. So this was a wholesale, a company called New Western. Okay. And they typically, when they do this, they mm-hmm. have all these investors come out and there was going to be like 30 people there. And I said, I'll take it, cancel it mm-hmm. and did it. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, I think that's the way you have to do in this market. You have to speed and you have to just have to know, but it's because... You've been following yeah. these, these been metrics. Working. Oh, yeah, you're right. The, sim- the simple. Yeah. yeah, and so you just knew. And yeah. I think that's the way you have to succeed in our business. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the beautiful thing is, too, you probably got a feasibility period and we're able to tie no, it up. No, 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 no. This is cra- Like, these wholesale deals, they don't <laughs> usually. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I took the risk, man. But mm-hmm. I'm also a risk. I'm a risky person, but 
I don't know, man. I, I, I like New Braunfels a lot. I, I'm actually interested to hear what you think about that. But when I was doing commercial real estate, mm-hmm. the prices in Austin were actually very similar to New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. But it's not that way in residential. Oh, really? Mm-mm. That because is, you could never buy, you couldn't get even close to this. That's so fascinating. So the commercial stuff, maybe it's do just you like experience, the, Do you do stuff in New Braunfels? Not really. Okay. I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of business down there. But what I will say is that like, you know, I do business in, let's say like Leander, Dripping Springs, Wimberley, like some of these other surrounding markets, kind of like okay. New Braunfels. Yeah. And the real estate prices are almost the same. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see and the that. residential are too. And the residential are yeah. too. Right. But in New Braunfels, you're saying they haven't caught up. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. That is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's an opportunity there maybe. when you jumped yeah. in on it. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. I think it's all going upward. I mean, that's what's interesting about our little submarket here in Central Texas is that the growth is just continuing to go outward. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I think we've got a great road ahead of us. Yeah. So what it seems like, but my what, the thing <laughs> I always talk about is I've been doing this for ten years. Mm-hmm. And I've never worked through a bubble or. A I know. We're there. all waiting for yeah, it. I know. I'm like, I don't know what that's like. And I honestly, I used to tell people, I'm like, I I want that to happen. I, and they're like, No, you don't. Yeah. Like you don't understand. And I'm like, Oh man, like your phone stopped. You know, I'm doing broker just like you. Like yes. all of a sudden your phone's not ringing. Right. I don't know, but man, deep down, and maybe we'll feel differently when it happens, but like we've been through, and you probably have two painful times in your business already, whether it's not been like a market crash, but I've got to believe we'll just pivot. Right. We've got to provide for our families and provide for, it's like, if if something catastrophic happens, it's like, we've got to adapt. Yeah, you'll figure it out. At the end of the day, the last market, like, I talked to this financial advisor and she was like, in the last... 30, 40 years, every time there's a market correction or crash, mm-hmm. it takes like nine months to resolve, right? Mm-hmm. And then until things are back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, at least for my family, it's like, well, as long as then we have, uh, I have, I call it an anti-Murphy fund, mm-hmm. like Murphy's <laughs> Law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just reserves. Yeah, just reserves. So I have an anti-Murphy fund. It's just like, I keep it super simple. I thought it was like anti, like your aunt. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, like, like what is your aunt doing with her money? <laughs> my anti-Murphy, my aunt, aunt Murph. Oh my gosh. If you will. Yeah. Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong, will, will go, go wrong. wrong. Right. So and you have a stash to prevent. Yeah. So I just, I learned it from, is it Dave Ramsey? Yeah. yeah. Dave yeah. Ramsey. And he does a whole thing. It's like. You know, you buy a house with too many rooms, Murphy's going to move in with you. It's like, so I just, when my whole philosophy about market's going to correct, people are going to change, but even within your, a year, you'll have a correction. Like we had a a crazy thing happen in our family when our first son was born, he was born two months premature and he was in the hospital for two months and you know, he's two pounds, 11 ounces. Like that for me was like a market crash. Like all of a sudden I was in the NICU every day with my wife making sure he was okay. And yeah. thank God he's, he's okay now. That's awesome. And he was okay when he came out, but it was like, that made me realign and I had to do things to propel my business. So I had the opportunity to do a good business plan with a coach here in town right. and I just hit it hard. And then I got back to where I wanted to be. Right. So I, I've got to believe that all of us as entrepreneurs, it's like, you just have to know how to pivot. The people who haven't blockbuster, you know, Sears, they just never pivoted right. at the times they needed to yeah. because they were caught up in old ways. Yeah. So I have faith that we, as business owners and entrepreneurs, like when the market does do whatever it's going to do, whether it's war, whether it's you know market crash, like I think we have an opportunity to challenge ourselves and to do better and better, do and just hone in, learn. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's from somehow down the line, 
it starts from mistakes, a bubble, right? There's Absolutely. Mistakes, you know, a, yes. appraisers, lenders, banks, something like that, right? <laughs> Adds up, yeah. And then it's like, now we got to learn. What did we do wrong? Right. I was, I mean, I actually worried about myself if I would have been in that time because I'm, I'm a risk taker. Yes. And I would have been leveraging up on houses, man. Can you imagine? You put 0% down, 100%. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. All right, yeah. That, that <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah, so, that deal looks pretty good. Right. So I, I learned, you know, when I first started buying real estate, how yes. hard it was, and literally it was almost impossible. Literally because of the downturn, they had put so many checks in place. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe it. I can't get this loan. And at the end of the day, it's it's good. It's a good thing to be in place. Right. Hundred yeah. percent, because it protects and yeah. hopefully like holds us back from making a little too crazy decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I'm a firm believer that. You know, life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. And just like, I feel like the, you could have, and that's a, I think Tony Robbins thing uh-huh. that I learned, but it's, I think that's the healthiest way to look at it. That yeah. the struggle is just constant and, you know, you just have to continue on and happiness is just part of the, you know, choice you make every day and right. you do what you can. Yeah. I mean, it's all perspective. It is. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I use this um, example or, or metaphor um, all the time when people talk about like struggle or something that they're going through. And it's like, when you wake up, do you say like, oh, I got to brush my teeth again. Jeez. Like why, you know, but everybody brushes their teeth. It's something that you have to do and it's something that you do every single day. So it's like, now it's like nothing, right? Yes. So compare that to like a problem in your own life. Just because everybody else doesn't have that problem, you know, doesn't mean that you need to, you know, feel sorry for yourself or anything like that. You just need to, you know, work through it and get past it. 100%. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's got one of those that they're right. trying to do or, not, you know, and it's just varying degrees of that and very painful media, you know. Right. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, have you started or I guess have you invested in any real estate yourself personally? We have. So um, first project and actually on my business card, you see a map on the yeah. front and it's on our, you know, our website's about to go live here shortly and you'll see it. But um, at the center of my business card, the reason why I chose that map is 805 East 32nd Street was the first investment my dad and I did together. Oh, cool. And we bought an 8,000 square foot medical office building back in like 2013. Wow. And we bought it on its current NOI, bought it at like an eight and a half cap. Under replacement costs. It was listed on the market. Listed on the market. You were the. You were the I was the procuring broker. All right. We got bought, a commission. Got a commission. Nice. Um, <laughs> became a partner with my dad on it because he needed to diversify his assets from this the you know non tangible uh, market stock market yeah. to yeah. having some intangible. Right. And uh, so that was our first. Sold that three years later. We were just fortunate enough to sell it for twice than what we bought it for. Wow. Do you increase the rent or do you no? Know, in all honesty, this is what's crazy about the Austin market. It was, it was at the time where we had the opportunity to either release it mm-hmm. or let all the leases run it be vacant. Okay. And it was actually worth more vacant wow. at that time. So you sold it vacant? Wow. We sold it vacant. That's risky. To a business owner. But it's because I knew the market. Yeah. And ultimately, business owners will pay more for their real estate yeah. because it's going to be less than their effective rent. Yeah. Typically. Right. In most cases. So it was just a unique time, but I knew the market. So we cashed out of that. Then I found an off-market, uh, eleven thousand five hundred square foot industrial building. Ten thirty-one or no? Ten thirty-one. Uh, we didn't ten thirty-one. Ten thirty-ones. They're they're tough because you don't want Timing. the tail to wig the dog. Yeah. And so we paid our taxes. It's fine, but we made a profit. Tough. We're happy with it. Cool. So we found an opportunity to buy this eleven thousand square foot, five thousand, eleven thousand five hundred square foot industrial building up on Hydra off of Howard Lane. Okay. So bought that for about. $70 a foot, and then we've leased it out at, 
let's see, 75 cents a foot. So we're basically making... 1% rule. Think about it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 70 that's and it. 70 cents. That's you got it. 75. That's, yeah. it. that's what I'm saying. It's, so it's, that's how simple it is. Exactly. Yeah. And once we did that, we made our money when we purchased it. Right. And now it's worth probably $120 a foot. Wow. Um, and that was like three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And then we're currently in the process. We bought uh, 20... Uh, let's see, 22.35 acres up in Georgetown, Texas. Cool. And we entitled it, got it rezoned and all this stuff, and we're selling off 16 acres of it. So, like, you know, at a, what For I try to do... user or what? To a developer, okay. an industrial and developer. And the other... Just we're keep keeping just the other... Hanging on to it? Hanging on to it, and we're going to kind of see what we do. But that's why, kind of in my... In a way I look at my weeks is I help business owners buy, sell, and lease uh-huh. commercial real estate, mostly in the office industrial space. And then try to find investment deals for, you know, clients, which are tough to find. And then long-term, try to find industrial projects for my dad and I to buy. Right. It's exactly what I do, but I'm more on the residential. Yeah. 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 Literally, exactly. And it's just like, if you follow those buckets... you got to start a management branch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, here's the thing. Hey, you know, just seriously, because I always... My goal was exactly like yours. I wanted to learn the business yes. and buy properties. And I learned that management is a huge part of a real estate company because it's steady income. And when we do have a downturn, that's the best thing to have. And you're going to own property. You're going to help people buy. You might as well manage it, right? Because you're going to be managing your own properties. Yeah. I know. I've thought about that. So the company I left, CSA Realty, that's exactly what they did. And okay. I love Same Andrew, exact thing? Same exact thing. And I love Andrew Cruschel and their family for doing that. They, they showed me. It was like they've got their management side. Uh-huh. they got maintenance. They do some development. And then they, you know, do brokerage and leasing. Right. I, I mean, I started Nick Boyd Real Estate Co. With, you know, my wife is the brains. Her little title is Brains of the Operation. Oh, nice. Yeah, like she's she's put this all together. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and right now, I'm kind of, I'm just focusing on I know, that. early. And we'll see. Like, f- but for now, like, my biggest thing was I hired an administrative assistant that I'd never had. Su- I've never had support like that before. Uh-huh. So Cindy started last week, Wednesday. It's her first full week. It's just, it's changed my life. My office, first of all, is five minutes from my house. Yeah. She's doing work like right now where I can be here. Cool. Um, but it might evolve into that. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm just throwing, I like but it's a good point. Okay. And I think, and I think it, it, it might, but right now my primary focus is just trying to provide the best service to the current clients yeah. and then seeing if, if, Maybe I hire somebody else to help with some of my listings and some of my tenants, and it might be that that incorporates in. I just uh, I hear you. I hear you. So, but so yeah, you're taking. Be- so, when did you decide you wanted to have your own brokerage? I mean, it's kind of been an evolving process. I knew I needed ownership, and it just wasn't set up in that way at uh, CSA Realty to kind of make that happen. Like, there for you said six. I was years? there for almost six years. So, like, it was just like three years in. You're like, man, I'm like. Getting good at this. Yes. I want to be a bigger part of this. Yeah, and, and they were great. It's just it's just the 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 way the structuring it didn't work out. But I'm very close with Andrew. We're we're great and you know, we left on really good terms. Yeah. But ultimately I think it just came down to the fact I needed something that was my own, our own. Yeah. Me and my wife to say, Hey, this oh. is ours. Like every hour we put into this on the structure side, getting Salesforce up and running, getting build out, which is a marketing tool up and running, uh-huh. you know signature line anything that you would say it's like all that time just like y'all's business mm-hmm. it's going towards y'all like right it's what you're creating right and i think i just had a deep passion to do that and also i've i think i've really always wanted to have a team that i led and now i have the opportunity to do that with you know, cindy she's my admin but also i see us like as you know partners growing this thing yeah for sure and then i see you know maybe in the future i'll hire on a couple more agents to support 
So I think that's really what it was. I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to own something. And I was already an entrepreneur because as an independent contractor, sure. I was out there with finding my own clients. And I'm thankful for the the fact I've been carry, able to carry all my clients forward. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just, I think I had a burning desire. I know I had a burning desire to have my own deal. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And your clients, are, are they all over the place as far as what kind of businesses... You know, I would say the majority of them are in the office and industrial space. I have done some retail projects for close friends, um, leasing and, you know, investments. You can do kind of all three, but are all the different kinds of faces. But like some of my clients could be, you know, a construction company like Mulligan Constructions, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they build homes and they do uh, home remodel projects, airship syndicates and create video game company. I'm selling a project in Lockhart uh, where a food production facility is located. So mostly within this office industrial space yeah. could be a, uh, like I represented um, friends and allies that went in on the east side next to East Siders, if you've ever been there. Mm-hmm. Um, or I represented a friend of mine's mortgage business, mm-hmm. Elite Financing oh, cool. Group. So yeah. that, I, that's just, it's just all over the, I guess the question, what mm-hmm. I'm curious about mm-hmm. is like, I have people that are like, how do I get business? I'm like, this is the be- one of the best markets uh, maybe in the world. That's a good question. Right? Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? How, how do you get your clients? How do I get my clients? Yeah. So, again, I tried to make it really simple. Mm-hmm. When I started my career in my business, I joined a rotary club. It's like a service organization. Yeah. So I was giving back to the community, and I was getting to know the community. And so opportunities come from that, but it's not like a networking thing. Sure. Started a networking group with a group of people. We called it PRC, Professional Referral Circle. Okay. And over like 10 years, it went from like three members to 20 to 15. Anyways, that was like, we met every week. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, so and you got like a, a roofer or like what? what yeah, did you, like, exactly. Like, hey, mm-hmm. join the club. Insurance guy, banker, roofer, residential realtor. Like, And you just found people you, you yeah, felt like connected you liked, with. You could work. And we built that. Yeah. And, you know, it was most people that didn't like the B&I setting, which is so forced and kind of, yeah. and sometimes it works for people. It's but, hard, dude. I, I've gone, this is just a small side note, but property management company, yeah. the money that they can get out of a referral versus a roofer. Yes. It's just a different scale. Yes. Right. Like this guy's time obviously makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to be here. I got to get like a hundred leads a month. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. really hard. Anyway. So no, yeah. you're right. So and you got to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so it costs a lot. So I think you just depends on the business. Mm-hmm. But I found that a service organization, a networking group where you truly meeting every week and then like starting that 10 years ago it's like those relationships build on each other rifle shot like marketing towards businesses you want to work with and then something fun that you like to do yeah. you know and you know maybe it's cooking maybe it's you know i know one guy who's like into dungeons and dragons so he'd, he'd meet with his dungeons and dragons group and he'd get yeah. business out of that i just think consistency and you pick one and you just do it right and then all of a sudden you start building a client base help your clients they refer you people they refer you to people all of a sudden you know you do a thousand square foot lease turns into four thousand square feet turns into ten thousand square feet that's what's so Mm -hmm. beautiful at the business right turns into ten referrals yes those into ten you just have to cultivate them and do the work yeah but the like now i'm at a point where i'm like i i need to be careful how i allocate my time because i've got clients that i need to serve yeah and that's why i need this support because like I'm on the phone starting at, you know, 8.30 until 6. Trying really? to like, I, before I walked in here, I would spend an hour on the phone with a client of mine trying to figure out a lease. It's like, can we get out of some of these clauses? What do we do about the HVAC? Who's going to be responsible for it? Like, right. 
That's next level, like, the stuff you deal with on commercial side. Yes. Really, really you have to be really, you have to know exactly what's going on. You do, yeah. and you got to be, and you, you also have to be careful to say, that needs to be handled by your attorney. Yeah. So it's it's a delicate balance of being like, this is a business opinion, uh-huh. and you need to call your attorney. Right, <laughs> be, yeah. And you want to, you know, serve, but, so, um, that's what I found. You have to be very clear about what you can or you can't do. Right. Um, but that's how I'd say I've been able to be successful through the guidance of my mentors, my dad, my family is like, you just focus on core areas, take care of the people to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. and then start building on referrals. And now it's like, okay, I got to be careful where I'm spending my time because I need to take care of the people that I'm serving Yeah. and then, you know, let it continue to evolve yeah. and grow. So yeah. you got to be very mindful. I'm sure you guys are the same, like how you're spending your time. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so did your wife work in real estate whenever you guys met? She worked for, when I first met her, she worked at UT in fundraising and then she kind of had a a couple different jobs. And then right before our first son was born, she got a real estate license. And on the day, the day that she had her first closing, my son was born. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. And so she got into real estate kind of like as we were dating and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, Wow. Double close. And after, yes, (laughs) seriously, it was like, so she, she understands the business, she gets it. um, And that's why it's been amazing. I mean, some people say that it's so hard to work with your family or your wife or your husband. I mean, I am so thankful that every day I get to wake up and we love each other. We support each other, but we also like really enjoy the business side. Yeah. And so like last night, it's like we were figuring out signature lines and it's like 8.30, we're eating dinner. It's like, oh, how does this signature line look? Yeah. And it's so fun. Yeah. It's like, and, but she is the, she's been incredible and she lifts me up and, and made it all possible. That's awesome. Very cool. That is, yeah, that's, dude. Because I think that's the same for yeah. both of you. For you, you said your my, wife, yeah, we, right? Yeah, me and my wife, we were, we were literally doing the same thing. Yeah, literally right? Literally, at the computer last night, I was like, can you help me on this sign? Yes. <laughs> I swear, yes. I swear. Right? To you. Yeah, we love it, man. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's cool. a lifestyle. We're, we're blessed. I always say this, we're, the market, man, right? Austin, yes. Texas. Mm-hmm. Great market to be. No, yeah. we're, we're super blessed. So yeah. you, you said that your wife had... She grew up in Georgetown. She yes. had a lot of connections that mm-hmm. helped with real estate. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I think some of those relationships have helped, but not nothing major. Not well. Major. Like I've I've had I've had the opportunity to work on some great projects through our friends and family for sure, mm-hmm. um, and you know that continues to grow. And her her mom's been incredible. Um, Patty, who lives here, she uh, works at the Texas Methodist Foundation. So definitely, like all these relationships feed into each other. Yeah, absolutely. Big, yeah. Yes, sure. and for her too, I think if she decides to go back to selling homes, like she would be able to just jump off, start making the calls, and yeah. make it happen. But as of now, it's just you two on a team. You got the assistant. Mm-hmm. You took a risk. I'm assuming you're paying her salary. Yes. Uh-huh. So you have to make money. I do, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have deals. You know, right off the gate, right. things that I was working on last year that I'm carrying over to now. But it definitely takes things to the next level. One of my uh, good friends, he owns uh, Bangers downtown, the, the uh-huh. beer and wine. Anyways, he's the one who shared He's like, Nick, hire somebody, pay them more than they deserve or pay them what they deserve yeah. and just go for it. He's like, don't underpay somebody. Yeah. You pay somebody right, they'll be loyal to yeah. you. And I took that advice and I'm I'm thankful for her working with me. With, How'd you find her? Uh, indeed. Nice. Yeah. Which is a Talked great... Talked to a lot of people or... Interviewed a lot of people. And I'll tell you, I was, it's the first time I've gone through the interview process. It yeah. is uh, kind of disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> no shows, people sure. all over the place. I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever thought about. How many people did you interview? 
Um, let's see. We got like 50, 60 applicants. It was, oh, it was a lot. Wow. A lot of people are looking for work in Austin. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we whittled it down to like 10, five of them no-showed. Um, literally. So no just call, no-show? No call, no-show. Even mm. after? Even after. Wow. And that's just crazy. Yeah. Interviewed, you know, another five and... I brought my wife with me, Maggie, to the last interviews, and she was like, this is the one. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I trust her more than anybody, so That's cool. That's awesome. she knew it. Yeah. So it's it's been great, and again, like, it's just given me an opportunity to hopefully continue to build my business, help the community. Yeah. Uh, my wife's very involved in the Elizabeth Ann Seton Fund, which is a, the NICU board for Seton. Yeah, yeah. And so that's something also we're really passionate about. We get a table every year at the uh, the gala at Camp Mabry. Uh-huh. We give and try to raise money and support for that whole organization, and just to try to help families and those babies that are up there in the NICU. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So that's totally like my family, you know, faith, helping the community. Like I just try to focus on those. It's easy to make things complicated, but the more I can just keep it simple. That's like the theme of the show. Yeah, I know. Simplicity, 100%. Keep it simple. Be a good person. Yes. Build good relationships. Stay in touch. Be kind. Do what you're going to do. Yeah. Right? How nice would it be if people were just kind every day? I know. Yeah, I know. And most people are, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Um, Do you still get an opportunity to uh, to cook it all? (laughs) Absolutely. Most nights. Really? Yes. I love it. That's awesome, man. That's what we do. What's your favorite dish to cook? Let's see. It's going to be something extravagant from Paris. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? He's going to start you talking about you, know you know what I love to cook, honestly, is tandoori chicken. Mm. I love cooking Indian or Thai food. Oh, and wow. India, Indian food, I just have a blast cooking. I love the different kinds of spices. Um, you know, we cook beef bourguignons and stuff, of sure. course. But, like, right now we're really into something called the, the Defined Dish. It's this woman who cooks out of Dallas, and she has this blog called The Defined Dish. You can check it out. Okay. She just came out with her first cookbook. But it's like Whole30, Paleo, yeah. awesome recipes. So we're cooking our way through that right now. That's awesome. I love that. This, is, a, this is the healthiest guy you'll ever meet. I'm <laughs> you'd, like, oh, you, you'd like it then, man. Yeah, I've never seen him eat cool. anything bad. Never. I'm not kidding. So you're like, yeah. so maybe you had sweet potatoes last night, probably? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sweet potatoes and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, South guys, you know what's up? Yeah, you gotta yeah, have yeah. you gotta have sweet potatoes with at least once a meal. Right. Yeah, that and some turkey. Yeah, <laughs> no beef. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess uh, before we close out, yeah. um, what is your uh, goal either for your company or for your life in general? Like where, like down the road, what do you see yourself? You know, I I hopefully in the next ten years I see myself as you know a leader in the brokerage community, uh-huh. in the commercial real estate world. Um, uh, I want to see me and my family buy at least one property a year, um, continue to grow our real estate portfolio, and, um, yeah, just continue to provide excellent service to our clients. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more questions, too. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think that's where I see my, like, just being a leader. Yeah. And so whether that means being a, you know, top producing voice of the market agent within the office and industrial space and mm-hmm. leasing and sales or, you know, president of the local, you know, CT car board, which is the commercial real estate board, CCIM kind of just continue to provide excellence and grow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Where do you think that leadership uh, thing came from? Did you see like, was your dad a great leader and you just kind of really looked up to him or I did? Yeah. Cause he was president of like various clubs that he was a part of. Sure. And, um, I, I think, yeah, I just, I know that that's the best way to be 
better is just to lead and teach. Yeah. And so it's like if I can have that opportunity to be in that space, it's going to make me better. And then it hopefully shows my kids, you know, just to continue to grow. And yeah, I don't know where that came from, but sure. maybe it's just that pursuit of excellence. You right. Know? Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay. Two more. How do you, uh, this is like my personal thought, like how do you view meeting with people as far as meeting with new brokers or other brokers wanting to meet with you? Like, are you tr- constantly trying to do that or does it just happen? Like, I'm, I'm a huge networker. Yes, I try to absolutely. meet I can. How, yes. how do you go about that process? Specifically brokers, I mean, it depends on what they are what they want. I mean, if it's yeah. like they just want advice, sometimes I'll just be like, hey, let's just jump on a call. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. about what your needs are. Right. And be like, I guess what, what are more you so like you even trying to learn, like are you, are you trying to reach out to other brokers to learn what they're doing or are you just trying to get as many, you feel like you've got the knowledge, you're just trying to get clients? Oh, man, I mean, I'm trying to learn every day, but like in terms of learning stuff, I just maybe try to take classes through CCIM Institute, SYR, and I go directly to the source. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thankful to have mentors that I continually lean on for specific advice. And then of course, like some of the, you know, uh, you know, legends in our industry here in Austin, if I can have the opportunity to have lunch or breakfast or call them. Yeah, absolutely. I've tried, I've tried some of those things. I've I've done a good job at some of them, but like Jimmy Nassour, I tried for like eight months to meet him. Couldn't do it. Really? I had a lunch scheduled. He canceled right before. Oh, yeah, I was like, man. Well, I'm just, I'm just big into to learning from other people. And totally. So I, was, I was curious how, if you were doing that or what, what your mindset was. I, I think that, in all honesty, somebody like Jimmy Nassour or some of those guys, it's just providing the value. It's like if you find a, find you know, a right. ten, like a one percent of one percent thing, right. and it's like a deal, right? Take it to them. Right. Then, then you're providing the immediate value because there's not a lack of money in our market. Period. Sure. I mean, there is a significant amount of money, not only in our market but globally, looking for opportunities. Mm. So that is my goal for the year. I would say, if you're gonna, like finding opportunities, because then you provide value, right? And then it's a win-win. Right. It's like if you yeah. help people get you're what right. they want, right. then you can get anything you want. Yeah. So I think it's more like that. It's like yeah. the reason why he might have canceled is just because like, it's like what, is this, he, what does this kid want from me? He might have That's had somebody point. call him on like a 10 cap and it's like, or like his wife needed and something. It's like, important. you know, hey, he wants, yeah. he's a, you know, great guy in the community, but yeah, right. so I, I, point. I just, point. I, that's what I kind of, I'm trying to be more mindful of. It's like Smart. how to really find opportunities and provide value. Yeah. The other thing yeah. is growing your time with your business, right? Are you, are you constantly trying to grow it? Operations? How do you, like, where do you focus your time within the business? You know, it's something I'm kind of struggling with, honestly, right now in terms of like balancing continual finding opportunities mm-hmm. and managing what we've built. And so I'm kind of in that mode right now, just doing the best I can right now. So like I'm probably doing less networking and meeting with like past clients right now because I'm trying to build a platform. But you know, as things stabilize out, I'm going to probably go back to being a regular member at a charity group. Um, besides obviously the NICU stuff, we're always in that, but like maybe go back to be a more active member of rotary, Mm -hmm. start attending a networking group regularly. It's just right now I'm, really trying to serve the deals I have. I got some projects I need to sell and stuff. But I think that's gonna evolve and now with Yeah, you're in a transition stage. Yeah, I think that's the reality. And I've had to I've had to kind of I always try to live by like just forget always, forever, never and those kind of words. Yeah. Because it's just things are gonna be ever changing. Yes. And so you can't be focused on things are gonna be the same way forever. Yeah. You have to be able to pivot. You have to. Yes. <laughs> so if you always try to end it with advice, I know we've given a lot, but just a couple sentences or statements about young entrepreneur, like what, what's the most important thing for them 
when they're getting started? Um, I was thinking about uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard has this line in a song, and he ends it with, the days that I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations. Those are really good days. And I think that as a young entrepreneur, if you can realize that the more gratitude you have and the harder you work to serve your community and your clients, the results will come. And you just have to focus on the activities and not the outcome. Yeah. And as long as you're doing the right work, you will have success. And as long as you're taking action, it's like you buying that deal. Mm-hmm. You took action. You're gonna you're gonna be successful. You you know you, even if you make a mistake, you're yeah, gonna you're, right. even you're if gonna it grow. All goes wrong. It's, it's okay. Be, it's what's supposed to happen. It's okay. Yeah, it's happening right. for you to learn. So as long as you're taking mm-hmm. action, so I would just I would lean on that is to have gratitude and be thankful for what you have, even in the tough times, because they're going to teach you how to grow out of them, and you're going to be able to serve better, whatever you do. That's awesome. That is I love it. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Very cool. Laying it down, man. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How can our listeners uh, find out more about you? Um, they can look at our uh, – we're going to have our website up in the next two weeks. I'm super excited to launch that. That's cool. www.nickboydrealco.com. Okay. Or they can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Nick Boyd Realco. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put all your information in the show notes whenever we post awesome. this so thank people you. can go find you. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank man. you guys That's for taking lot, the man. time. Excited yeah. For Excited for all yeah. of us. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right. To the listeners, we're signing off. Bye.